0: All right, welcome to another episode of Chip Chats. I'm your host, Chip Midnight, and tonight we're doing a special episode. Usually, if you're a regular listener, you know that I interview bands and post those as podcast episodes. But tonight, I decided to do something a little bit different. Tonight is a roundtable with all of my music friends. These are all people who... I've been to concerts with most of most of the people i've been to concerts with this year uh definitely had long conversations about music with and so i thought we could talk about 2022 and beyond so as a way of introducing everybody i'm going to start in order of there's there's five five people on the on this roundtable discussion today but i'm going to start by introducing the person that i've probably known the longest and that would be brian hake brian welcome to chip chats hi so i'm thinking the way that i met you was when i came to visit our mutual friend pete brown at ohio university probably freshman or maybe sophomore year and when i came to visit pete pete was a friend from high school and when i came to see pete pete was like hey this guy that lives across the hall from me or next door to me or in the same same general vicinity as me he's like you you need to go meet brian brian can play every extreme song and he loves dweezil zappa and so you need to meet this guy and i don't know if brian knows this but i had a dweezil zap a door poster like you know one of those like back of the door posters so uh that's when i met brian um and i think i probably came to your room and you probably played some extreme songs for me that sound right it does
1: sound right although pete obviously always thinks highly of me more so than i actually can do so i i would say that i probably knew a couple riffs of extreme and a little bit of dweezil. Cause those, those guys were badass guitarists, you know? So I was definitely aspiring to be as good as them, but yeah.
0: Well, as someone who has never played any instrument, I just remember like sitting and even if you weren't playing it like note for note, I was like, Oh my God, this guy, I, I, I need to, I need to, uh, I need to write this guy's name down because someday I'm going to be buying CDs with him playing guitar solos on them, which I did someday. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Sure. All right, next up we got Jason Bodak, Jason and I went to Ohio State together. Um, we wrote for the Ohio State newspaper together and my memory i don't have I don't remember exactly when we met, but I do I think know
2: junior junior year i think
0: that yeah, that sounds right um but I do know that uh, I think Jason and I bonded probably pretty quickly because we were both heavy metal fans still are to this day and uh, have kind of re reignited our relationship. that sounds way too um, way too wrong for this podcast, but we, we, we'll get into that in a little while too. Um, but yeah, Jason and I, um, my distinct memory, we was hanging out. I don't know if I can really tell this story, but hanging out on the overkill tour bus and it was somebody's birthday and we were, you were with me right there. Right. And we went to the back of the bus and, um, there was stuff that happened in the back of the bus.
2: Yeah, that would have been the 1991 horoscope tour, I believe.
0: Yes. But you were on that bus with me, right?
2: I don't think I got on. No, I was not on. No? I was with you, but I was not asked on the bus. Oh. You and someone else were. Probably Christy. No. Yes. So yeah, we had a, we had a
0: we had a friend Christy, too that we kind of hung out with, and we used to go see heavy metal shows. I guess I will fast forward a little bit and say that, um, so uh, I graduated college in ninety three and in two thousand and seven, I started working at my current company. I'm not sure that I'm gonna necessarily name that out loud, but I started working my current at my current company. And uh, I think an email went out that asked people to send me photos or send me something. Yes. Uh, for, for like race car something to do with race car or nascar, NASCAR. Or mm-hmm. um and if you had any pictures to send them to me and i get this email from jason saying hey wait are you the same Ch- midnight that went to ohio state and that was 2007 And um
3: mm-hmm.
0: jason no longer works at the company he left pretty soon there afterwards if i remember correctly but um mm-hmm. jason and i have been going to see concerts metal bands probably since 2007 mm-hmm. am, am i am i getting all that right
2: Yep. Yep. You got it all right. And yeah, like I said, I got that email and I was like, there can't be that many chip midnights <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio.
0: <laughs> right. Right. You were in, and and, and I'm going to let each of you sort of plug stuff that you are doing now or that you've done, but Jason, you did some writing. I don't know if you're still doing writing, but you, you were writing reviews and stuff for a while for um, some different websites, right?
2: I was doing examiner.com, but yeah, they went belly up and I was like, and then my current job, I'm working like fifty hour weeks, and I, I don't have the time anyway to do it. So, no. So yeah, I think that phase may be done now.
0: Very good. All right, next up we got Matt Longley. So, my memory of meeting Matt is actually really fuzzy. I think at some point you gave me a car. You you gave me a ride back to Columbus. Mm-hmm. I think you have a better memory about the way we met than I do. I just. um
3: yeah I, I I believe you you came to visit once again our mutual friend Pete and you were there for the weekend and actually I don't think I don't think it was for the full weekend I was heading up to Columbus maybe on Saturday and you needed a ride and we probably hung out the night before and we drove all the way back and my memory is that's when you gave me um I mean we talked the whole time obviously about music and then you did the whole Like, I was fascinated because of the Shannon Hoon thing, because you had that connection with Shannon Hoon. We drove up, and the the trip wasn't long enough. I didn't get all the information.
0: So that was probably 30 years ago, at least 30 years ago. And, uh, Matt, as you were joining this call, um, I was just telling everybody, actually, you can – that top text, you can't read it, is from – Roger Stevens, blind melon guitar player, who's oh working on God. a solo record who just sent me five or six <laughs> new songs. So, oh my gosh, the music talk continues 30 years later, as does a blind melon talk. There it goes. All right. Next up, Mike Lovins. Mike Lovins, I met probably through a local Columbus band called the Honeys. Um, this was yeah. a, the Honeys were this band that in the early 2000s, um, sounded like everything I loved in nineteen (laughs) eighty nine. They were just this this phenomenal sounding basically a hair metal band with a female singer. It was like Skid Row meets I don't know. Because of Pat Benatar
4: uh, Yeah, exactly. Pat Benatar. I mean Jamie loved that woman.
0: But what I will also say is like I don't know that the Honeys necessarily loved all that music. Like it was they were really interesting because they were really interested in playing like the campus bar scene which was like not really their scene. Like they should have been playing suburban strip malls where all the guys that like now are our ages were hanging out because we, we were their target audience. And I think that they were more interested in playing in front of college age kids. Yeah. That's how Mike and I met. And again, you know, as soon as, as soon as we start talking about eighties hair metal, um, we've been best friends ever since.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah if there's one person that uh i love going to all those shows with it's definitely you
0: <laughs> uh a little and like i said we're gonna i guess i haven't laid it out for the for the listeners we'll talk about um music that came out this year concerts we went to maybe i did lay it out anyway um speaking of concerts that we went to this year mike and i went to go see slaughter and uh you know, at my age of 51, I still try to meet every band that comes through town. And Mike and I hung out <laughs> for hours after the show, thinking like everybody else has left. It's just Mike and I still here. Slaughter's going to come down. The whole band's going to come down. We're going to hang out. And we waited until basically the lights came on at the venue. We sat probably for two hours waiting. And one of the security guys came up to us and was like, kind of like, what do you, or I think we asked him, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, is the band ever coming out? And he's like, no, nah, they left hours ago out the back door. So. <laughs>
4: We did not. It get gave to us meet. a story. It, we we still not, got a story.
0: We got a story out of it. And finally, there's Christina. Now, Christina, I met this year. Christina, what I mentioned earlier when we started was that I've been to concerts with everybody but one person, and that's because Christina is in <laughs> Arizona. And Christina and I met through uh, through work. We started a podcast project um, where where I kind of put out a call looking for people who were interested in hosting or co-hosting a podcast at work. Uh, for just an internal audience and christina answered that call and believe it or not christina is a big music fan and so that um that led to many hours of of discussions about music and our podcast was even about music so uh, we've only known each other a couple months but happy to have you here as well thanks i think you bring you know i think there's a somewhat common theme amongst some of the guys on this call being like 80s hair metal fans you are not well, I don't know if you're an 80s hair metal fan I'm not sure that we ever talked about that but you have definitely like a 80s and 90s
5: love of music and yes. though my I think my hair band connection is the Gazzari's connection on Sunset Strip
0: oh I think so. you told me about that but yeah. tell me again
5: <laughs> well my family was friends with the Gazzari family and Bill Gazzari owned the club so when I was a little kid I used to Go in the back way and kind of hang out in the basement. So I was just told a bunch of stories about Guns N' Roses and Molly Crew and all the bands that played there, and I was just super fascinated with it. And I was really young because this was the '80s, so I think that's kind of how my love for music kind of started was between those trips to Los Angeles versus watching MTV and kind of grouped together. It was the perfect time to love music then too. So.
0: I would agree i think we probably all were raised by mtv (laughs) all right so uh we are at the end of 2022 and every other podcast and every other website is doing this so going around the table why don't you tell me why don't you tell me like your favorite record why don't you tell me like your favorite couple records um maybe maybe uh I don't know, things that people know, things that people don't know, maybe your favorite discovery. I, I, kind of an open open forum here, but um, I'm going to kind of go in reverse order. So, Christina, why don't you tell me some of the, some of the records that that uh, excited you this year?
5: I think it kind of started in the beginning where Jack White had two albums come out this year, which I was like, wow, overachiever. Um, but I was super excited to listen to them. Uh, Fear of the Dawn was the first one that came out. So I really studied that one first because then I saw him in concert. And then Entering Heaven Alive was a little bit more of a somber record where the other one was a little bit more rock heavy. And I actually really liked them both. I think he's just a tremendous songwriter and a musician and guitar player. And then I would say my other extra surprise was The Smile, which is kind of two members of Radiohead with another guy on the drums. And their album, A Light for Attracting Attention, was really good. But I guess for me, it kind of filled that Radiohead void, because it's been a while since they've had an album out. And then everything else is sort of like my pop side. Like, I really enjoyed Beyoncé's Renaissance album. I just... It brought me back to the 90s with the dance and the kind of club music. And it was just so much fun. And I would also say Lizzo's album Special was really good. Harry Styles' album, Harry's House, was a lot of fun to listen to as well. And I would say Arctic Monkeys, they're still kind of doing this somber, kind of laid back tone to their music. But their album, The Car, was really reminiscent of Bowie in the 70s that young Americans kind of stage. And I really enjoyed it.
0: I would say in my household, uh Lizzo hmm. it was a Lizzo Christmas for my wife who <laughs> has has uh has fallen in love with Lizzo. She is taking my seventeen year old daughter to see Lizzo in Cleveland later in twenty twenty three. She got a Lizzo T-shirt, a Lizzo album, a Lizzo uh pillow so uh yeah we're big lozo fans in this house
5: you gotta have some positivity and i love that yes. she delivers it especially in this year everything's still been a little rough yes. and i just appreciated listening to something super positive
0: yeah it's a fun record all right i always call you lovin so from this point on you're lovin's in this podcast not mike so lovin's fair enough <laughs> tell me about your 2022 music listening
4: um, well, no big shock should be uh like I really fell in love with the Gangs All Here, the new Skid Row out al- album. Um honestly, I think probably their best album since Slave to the Grind. Um and and the new Sammy Hagar in the circle, Crazy Times. Uh I love that Michael Anthony's on there. Uh Jason Bonham, who we also saw uh together this year um it just it, for for his age sammy still sounds fantastic they're still uh writing great fun music um but probably the surprise record uh that i've been listening to is uh lessons learned by robert deleo the bass player from stone temple pilots put out a solo album um and he had various different people come on and 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 play um Eric, I think, I think Kratz, is that the last name? The drummer from STP played a little bit on it. Um, but it's very folksy, bluesy, kind of has a Jayhawks vibe even even to it. Um, so that one kind of popped out of nowhere. And uh uh I, I've really been digging that one. But also I just found out that uh this band that I kind of discovered by accident, Night Demon, uh just put out their second record. <laughs> yeah. I swear it's so. It's uh, it's called Year of the Demon, and I think it's kind of meant to be taken seriously, but also kind of <laughs> tongue in cheek. It's not quite Steel Panther uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> level satire, but you know you can really feel their early Maiden and Motorhead influences. Uh, mm-hmm. and in fact, even on this album, they they have a live recording covering uh, um, uh, Wasted Years by Iron Maiden, which. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, they're just fun.
0: You saw, you and I saw Skid Row together. Uh huh. Did you see Sammy Hagar this summer too? I did. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the time by the time this gets released, unless I release it really quickly, I did see, did you pick up the Skid Row album? Yes, I did. Okay. I was gonna say yeah. Walmart, oh, yeah. Walmart.com has it for under sixteen bucks right now.
4: Uh no, I, I went out and pretty much bought it right away. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. That's a great it's a great it totally surprised me. Yeah. They have had uh, other singers since Sebastian Bach who essentially what they've done is they've pulled the journey. Right. They pulled in a guy that sounds like Sebastian Bach, and that's how you make a Skid Row song sound like Skid Row.
4: Right. And he's young enough that he can keep doing this for probably as long as they want to keep doing this now.
0: Yeah. It's a great record. All right. Matt Longley, you're up.
3: Okay. Um, I fear that um, Brian and I are going to have some similar ones, so I'll try not to steal too much of your thunder. You you do Um, you, Matt. I will. Um, I do (laughs) want to comment that Night Demon and what was the name of that album? year
0: of the demon
3: and that is that is some great (laughs) titling i want that right now just based on what i I don't even care if it's good i just want to hear it
0: (laughs) and 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 i'm and i'm guessing the cover looks exactly what you expect it to look like i
3: can see it right now like i am i I, i'm so excited i'm going to google this as soon as we're done (laughs) um mine my albums really had to do with a lot of the shows that uh i got to see i mean I, i really feel like once the pandemic broke and and Brian can could contest this too, and, and even Chip. Once it broke, I was saying yes to anybody in every show that anybody wanted to go to. And it got me out there to see different bands that maybe I wouldn't have seen. But I'd say the one of them that I saw, and they have a new album out, which is Meat Wave, which it just it just scratches exactly where where I itch. It's just this powerful guitar-driven, raw. Uh the guy that the the vocals are just they're fantastic and their new album is malign hex and it, it if you go into their back ca- catalog it it they do they do what they do and they do it well, so well and, and then the other one it was a a suggestion from chip because uh what I'll do. Every once in a while, once I get into my I'm a tractor beam and I start listening to the same stuff over and over again, I'll, I'll text Chip and say, "Chip, this is what I need. You know what I like. Give me three bands and give me something that I've never heard or I, you think would be different." Um, and I was kind of in a band of horses mood, and he gave me Susto, and I I dove into that head first. in his new album, Time in the Sun, is it's it's super easy listening. Um, he's a great songwriter, um, and I love it. Like it was it was perfect. And then the other one that I would say is an oldie, I've seen them. I, I, they they came back, which was built to spill and, and they, they kind of have a new setup and their new album, uh, when the wind forgets, it, it's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's built to spill his new setup with the two, the new bass player and the new drummer. Um, it sounds tighter than when I think he was using, uh, studio musicians. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I, they're an easy get for me. So, um, this album was perfect. So I really enjoyed that.
0: So, um, you know, I will say that all of you guys know that I, I'll mention it again, that I love talking about music when Matt and Brian told me that they were going to go see meat wave. I totally thought they were making it up and they were trying to pull a fast (laughs) one on me. And they're like, we're going to see meat wave. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Meat wave. Uh, but then I started listening to them. I found out that they're a real band and I was able to get an advanced copy of their new record before you guys heard it. And yeah. I was actually trying to set up an interview with them. Uh, it has not panned out yet, but hopefully it'll happen soon. But I'm this, I like within 30 seconds of that first song on the new record, it just it, Um, I could totally, I could, I was, I was on board. It was, it reminds me a lot of the kind of some of the a band like Mets or a band like single yes. mothers. It's got that almost like a Canadian. Punkish, yes. hard rock kind of yeah great stuff um so yeah i'm a, I'm a big fan all right uh like lovin's uh i always call you hake so i'm gonna stop calling you brian and call you hake from this point going forward so hake you're up
1: oh i'm up sweet um it's oh no wait
0: yeah you're up i'm out of order but go ahead go ahead you are out of order
1: but that's okay well i'll i'll, I'll ride uh mass wave yeah <laughs> started the meat wave you no know, i won't talk anymore <laughs> about meat wave but i do love them um, I would say I probably don't love this new release more than some of their other releases, mm-hmm. but that's not to say anything. I mean, I love it all. Um, but just looking at, you know, this past year and even, you know, checking out my wrapped list on Spotify, just to kind of clarify, because it's, it's funny when you look back and you're like, Oh, okay. I did listen to that a lot, but no, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the female bands that had records this year or female front fronted bands, like, so the, uh, you know, wet leg, the Beths, I love both of those records. Um, I love Mama. I you know I just love that sort of pop. Um, but there's a recent release that I can't stop listening to. And it's a band called Always. They spell it A L V V A. I just love that. That sound is really awesome. But when I looked at my uh, rap list, at the very top were um, Plosives, which is a kind of a an all star group that has um, you know a guy from Pinback and you know a guy from some drummer from oh gosh what's the name of that band then?
0: uh is it adam willard
1: yeah adam yeah adam
0: he was in rocket from the crypt he was in rocket from the crypt he was in, the crypt. He maybe was in, the offspring he's in laura laura jane grace's band um what's
1: that other what's that other uh, warf- against me against me that's who i'm thinking of yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's, it, they were fantastic and actually Meatwave opened for them at Rumba. This was like what, April or March, there was like 50 people there and it was a fantastic show, but I love that record. Give it a listen. It's definitely a, a singular flavor, but it's a, it's a flavor that, that I love.
2: Like the
1: like the and then band of horses. So, um, I know chip kind of reminded me of them. You know, he had done an interview with the singer and, uh, remember watching that interview and I was just like, oh, I know I got to check out that record. And then I just listened to it over and over. Like I just couldn't get enough of it. So those are the the top for me.
0: So because I have to comment after everybody's choices, I will tell you, you should check out. I was listening to it today while I was out driving around the records revisited podcast. The The new episode is about the always record, but, the, the Records Revisited podcast, they do a great, they do awesome. What they do is they pick a guest to talk about a record and then they go through each song and depending on how many songs there are, they basically go song by song and then they, they score it. So if the album has 14 songs, the the, the best song has 14 points and they work their way through the record to figure out the order. But then each there's two co-hosts and then their guests and they kind of tabulate all the scores to figure out what the best song is. And this particular episode and I'm going to go ahead and let you guys, or I can do it. Plug what Matt and Hake do. You guys are co-hosts of a podcast with our friend Pete that we're talking about called Sports Wednesday. The new episode of Record Revisited podcast has former Major League pitcher Lenny DiNardo. DiNardo, he's a also a a, a apparently a, a, a sports coverage guy for n-e-s-n uh so he's on as a major league former major league player talking about his love of that always record so i thought that was kind of your two worlds combined nice. sports sports and music and and that guy man i i i will honestly admit that i don't know who he is because um my only baseball knowledge of the last 20 years has been Indians slash guardians so if you're not on the indians or guardians i don't know you but this guy he's a musician Um, he talks about, he does the thing in Boston where they do, I think it's called the Hot Stove League, where that, like, players, baseball players bring people, like, Peter Gammon set it up and they'll bring baseball players and mix them up with musicians. So he's performed on stage with, like, some of the guys from Buffalo Tom and Letters to Cleo and the Lemonheads and Juliana Hatfield. And so he's, he's like, he's really deep into the Boston music scene and he, he was talking about the Always Record. So, all right. I was out of order, but Jason. You can round us out with favorites of 2022.
2: They've been the worst for last. <laughs> oh. so I don't know. I don't know all of you, but <clears throat> I may be the oldest one here. I'm 52, uh, but I've pretty much been listening to metal since 1983. Quiet Riot, Metal Health was my gateway drug. Um, but anyway, <laughs> speaking of the 80s to today. Uh, a new album that I've been listening to a lot this year is Swedish doom metal Candlemass. This is their second album since rejoining with their original vocalist. And I'm going to mess his name up. Johan Lankvist or something like that. So, um, I don't know. I just really love the, the Sabbathy doomy metal. And this album is really good. It's probably not their best, but it's, I, I like it a lot. Sweet, sweet evil sun, the world, you the one. I don't know. 2022, to me, I don't think there is any perfect 10 albums, in my opinion, anyway. But some other ones that I really appreciated and enjoyed, besides Candlemas, was... I liked Machine Head's new one. I've been a fan since 94. Um, Wasn't a big fan of their most recent output. And then the whole band basically quit on Rob Flynn. And then he got these, I don't know, unknowns. But the new album of Kingdom and Crown, I think it's their best in like 15 years. Um, Just a couple others I liked was there's a... well No, they're not new. They have a new singer. But... uh, uh a band called Lorna Shore. They're kind of a hip band to be into now, but they are what's known as Deathcore. So it's kind of like death metal mixed with hardcore. Not a huge fan of the genre, but I really like their new album, Pain Remains. Um can't remember what their their singers, their new singer's name is, but the dude is phenomenal. He can do like black metal shrieks to death metal grunts. Um I also really liked there are also a newer band called Zeal and Ardor. Uh this is their I think their third album. It's their it's a self-titled album. And the kind of what they do is the main guy in the band is a African American from Switzerland, but he writes music that he imagines uh like the 19th century slaves in America, if they had embraced Satanism instead of Christianity. So it's kind of like black metal mixed with, wow. I don't know, like old, I don't know what you call it, chain gang music. I, I don't know what you would call that. It's interesting though. Um, they even played at Rock on the Range one year, but I missed them. Uh, I think I saw Exodus instead. I, I kind of regret that now. Uh, and just one, the only other one that comes to mind um, is some of the, like I call them the Blitz bands, uh, New Ghost and New Hailstorm. I thought they were both both really good. Um, I actually have like a top forty list, but those are those are the ones that really stood out for me in twenty twenty
0: two. So the Candlemass Candlemass singer did at some point, and I don't think it's the guy you're talking about, but didn't at some point I remember I. I've, I remember like looking at Hit Parader or some magazine. Did he used to like one of the singers have like a like a mushroom haircut, like a big that reminds me of oh. Candle Mass.
2: Yeah, I don't think that was Johan. That may have been the second guy, and he's kind of a big deal too. I don't do not remember his name either though at the moment.
0: But yeah, I, I remember them just because they do have definitely a, a like a, a Sabbathy kind of doomy metal sound.
2: It's
1: funny yeah, because totally funny. Go ahead, go ahead.
2: i say Tony Iommi actually did a guest solo on their previous album, which came out in like 2019, I believe.
1: It's crazy. You know, I I think of when I listen to music or or I think of myself as like this indie rock guy, you know, I guess I've played in indie rock bands, but really I do have this. Oh, nice. Look at that hair. Mm. But I do have a very sort of proggy metal side. So when I think, when I was thinking about this show, I didn't even think about the other stuff that I listened to. So like, there's a metal band that's mostly instrumental called Russian Circles. They had a record this year. They're out of Chicago and they're fantastic. Like that. And um, there's a band out of Oklahoma City that I really dug. Chip on if you've ever heard of them called Chat Pile. Yeah. It's it's bizarre, but it's really good. It's a it's a crazy list, and they are just out there. And they have like this concept record, and it's very like environmental focused, but yet they're this like crazy metal band
0: there's a running thread in a music discussion group that i'm in about that band and i think some people at first similar to Meatwave, they were like is this band for real like is it mm-hmm. not the singer somebody described him as like singing like um you know i, I think i'm amongst age age appropriate people here to make this reference and people get it um kind of like that bobcat gold suede, gold gold <laughs> Whoa. it's sort of that screamy kind of yeah. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is it. And then there's yeah. this whole other side of metal that's very proggy, very instrumental, like virtuoso style um, where the guitar players play just, crazy, you know, good. And there's these, this tapping style that's really popular, but uh, the band Polyphia, have you guys ever listened to them? Like the guitar playing and the virtuosity on this band. And I think it's starting to thread into like the gamer culture because I was talking to my sons who are big in in video games and they were talking, they had sort of stumbled upon that guitar player that's in Polyphia. He's all tatted out and he's just does this crazy, I don't even know what you call it. It's like, Gent or something but uh the way they tap and stuff but that music is kind of filtering into video games and stuff so like my kids who normally don't even like any of the music i listen to you know i follow these guys on instagram and they're like hey
2: i know that guy and
1: like all of a sudden like we had a connection to music through video games and stuff like that so
0: those guys did something with steve i this year right uh-huh. yeah yep. yeah yeah and i think they're they're going to be uh most of this crew is in columbus they're going to be in, in columbus in march april something like that so so for me it's chicken or the egg like i i tend to like albums by bands that i've interviewed but i interview bands because i like their music so i can't tell do i like their records because they were really cool people or do or or did i interview them because i like their records but i would say sort of As i was trying to think i posted my list on twitter uh my little plug if you want to follow me at chip midnight all one word um so i interviewed 64 bands this year not every single band made my list um not saying that not saying that those bands weren't deserving but i I kept my list at about 47 which is a lot so um as i was going through my the bands i interviewed i was like there's no way I can leave this one off because I know I listened to it a lot and I liked it, but I would say for me going a little bit off the Spotify wrapped, um, band of horses, like, like Hake said, um, that interview was pitched to me. I got an advanced copy of the record in late 2021. Um, honestly, I was vaguely familiar with band of horses. I knew everything I had heard. I liked, but I didn't listen to them a ton. And that record really hit me. It was the right time. Um, it's a real personal record. The singer was going through a divorce, going through COVID. Not he wasn't going through COVID, but just everything that was going on in the world. It's a, it's a, it's an. The name of the album, earth is what things things are great. And so when I got to interview him, I was like, "So things are great, huh?" And he like sort of laughed, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know that's sarcastic, right?" Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I love the record, and when I was told I got to interview him, they told me that I had twenty minutes, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're deep into this conversation. And I, I was like, 20 minutes is nothing. I'll barely be able to ask him like what his last name is in 20 minutes. Uh, as soon as I told him that I was going to try to get through questions quickly, cause we had 20 minutes, he said, I've got as long as you need. And we ended up talking for almost an hour and a half. Uh, he gave me his email address. Um, he's just a great guy. Just a really humble laid back down to earth guy who spent most of this year touring with band, uh, black keys. They spent, a lot of time on the road like i was getting exhausted looking at their tour dates and watching i follow them on instagram and like they're still on the road they're still on the road they were on the road probably six months this year but so that solidified that was my number one album probably even before the new year started because i listened to it so much in december of last year um so that one i think was never gonna lose its top spot uh the other bands that i really like this year uh goodbye june who put out a record that to me sounds like the best ACDC record of the last 25 or 30 years. They they are, they are one of those bands that fall in that Greta van fleet rival sons, kind of that, that new classic rock sound. Um, but these guys, I got to interview them and I said, and I said to them that it sounded like ACDC. And they said that with this album in particular, they were listening mm-hmm. to a lot of ACDC records and classic rock records. And that, at, you know, they recorded this record during lockdown and they said with nothing else to do, they sort of decided let's make an ACDC record and they succeeded. It was, I saw them twice this year. They were one of two bands that I saw twice this year, but, um, I saw them open for whiskey Myers who were like a country rock band. So they are from Nashville and they still have inroads into that country rock world so they can fit on a country rock bill, but they've also toured with all the bands that I mentioned before. When I was, they have this one song, um, called, uh, Breathe and attack, which is awesome. You guys need to listen to it. In fact, I'm going to insert it in post production at this point. But Breathe and Attack is like a great almost like a sports anthem, right? Like take a breath and then attack. Um, but when they were when they're when they were playing it, I was filming them, I was streaming it live, and I think I heard somebody on the stream say something like, Man, that these guys look just like Leonard Skinner. Because they they had that, you know, that southern rock look. They wear cowboy hats and they just had that look. And so I think some people some people may think of them as a country rock band but they they definitely are, are good just classic rock band Hey, like you mama is mama reminds me of veruca salt and i love veruca salt and veruca salt is friends with mama and so it's just a perfect collision of worlds for me that's a great record um surprise not surprisingly the new ozzy record which i realized the reality is ozzy probably didn't sing on any of it it's probably all computer generated and all the songs were written by Andrew Watt and they bring in an all-star band, but it sounds exactly like the Ozzy Osbourne record I want to hear. <laughs> right? So even if it's even if it's like an artificial an AI Ozzy record, it sounds just like the record I I wanted to hear at this point in my life. Um I'm looking around. Who said their gateway into music? jason said about quiet right mm-hmm. ozzy yeah. was mine when i was 10 years old i got blizzard of oz and that is why i'm talking to you guys tonight <laughs> like i mean if it wasn't for my love of ozzy osborne when i was 10 years old i that set me down this path and so the fact that ozzy osborne's making records 40 years after i discovered him and he was doing it 10 years before i discovered him is amazing to me
1: so this new record what is i haven't listened to it where where does it fit in as far as sound
0: did you is listen it- to the last record the one that came out was it two years ago? Ordinary yeah, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: I haven't listened probably to an Aussie record since "No More Tears" or like that uh-huh. era, early '90s. Yeah.
0: it's it's sort of yeah. that that era sounding. So yeah. Andrew Watt, Andrew Watt, I don't know. You could either consider him a genius or you consider him the devil, right? Because what he does is he, I think he understands kind of that the thing that made people popular, and so he, as a fan, he writes music. So he. Did anybody hear the Eddie Vedder record that came out this year? No. I mean, honestly, I sort of have lost interest in Pearl Jam because they've kind of gone away from what I remember them. The Eddie Vedder record, the solo record, sounds like a Pearl Jam record. And coincidentally, Andrew Watt produced the record and played <laughs> on it and helped write the songs. Um, I just read Andrew Watt is did the same thing with the new Iggy Pop record that's coming out in 2023. So that'll be really interesting. Um so yeah i mean yeah they're just they're just big guitar riffs it, it it sounds like probably early 90s Aussie. really good stuff um i to me my personal biggest surprise was that i fell in love with a jam band <laughs>
3: huh. that is a surprise
0: 18 year old me would have absolutely said that will never no. happen 18 year old you
3: would have beat you beat you up <laughs> absolutely <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, I think most of you use Spotify or some sort of streaming service. And so I always look at what's coming out and I saw this band goose had a new record coming out and I'm like, goose, that sounds like a silly name. And I keep seeing their name. Yeah. I keep seeing their name pop up places, Mm -hmm. but because it's free with my $10 a month subscription or whatever I pay, I'm not really investing in it. And right from the get go, like, it's sort of, it, it is jam bandy, but they are also really into bands like Father John Misty and bon Iver. I mean, it, it, it's definitely, they're, they're a jam band. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. But I became obsessed with that band and the record came out in like, I think late June. And I looked up because I was like, part of me and we'll get to concerts next is seeing the band live to see if they can really pull it off. And I'm like, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, I need to see this band because I, I need to be part of this atmosphere. And I discovered that they played in Columbus like two weeks before the record came out. But they're the kind of band they played at the, uh, the, uh, Le- uh legends Valley or whatever the old Buckeye Lake music center was. Mm-hmm. And they played two nights and they sold it out. So that right away made me think like, these guys are way bigger. Like they weren't on my radar two years ago and they are big. I actually looked up and they had played again for non-Columbus people. You won't understand this at all, but they had played like the summit. They played at Woodlands Tavern. Like, within the last four or five years so they've gone from playing clubs that hold 200 people to selling out multiple nights of a big outdoor amphitheater kind of place
1: we should cut ourselves some slack though, as 50 year olds that we're not (laughs) tapped in that's true i I felt that way about there's that band called camp it's like uh c-a-m-p and they're huge like they played like three nights downtown and i'm like who are these guys so a lot of that is happening
0: camp camp and lizzo are the two midnight household those are the top two you listen to in our house. Um, but, but goose, I'm going to see Friday night. They're playing two nights in Cincinnati. They're playing December 30th and 31st. Uh, I didn't want to do new year's Eve. So I'm doing Friday night, December 30th to go see goose. And I read their set list. And they're the, they're like a jam band in that, like, you're not going to necessarily hear the songs. They might not even play anything from the new record, but it all has this kind of this cool groove to it. So I'm excited to hear whatever I hear and circling back to what Matt said earlier. Um, they have been known from time to time to throw in a 13-minute No Rain cover. Oh, wow. And and that ties it all together to me in that like I never thought of Blind Melon really as a jam band per se. I knew they had jam band fans, and um, but when you hear a jam band do No Rain and it sounds like Blind Melon doing No Rain, you're like, okay, Blind Melon was a jam band. And this so- <laughs> it doesn't sound different or unusual. Um, this sounds like Blind Melon. Those are four I say those are four four or five records that I just mentioned. Like I said I I have 47 that I <laughs> you know that I that I felt like I had to put on a list cuz I couldn't leave off so there's uh, uh hey another band did you check out the Misterines this year? uh uh-uh. uh Oh that's another female fronted my Spotify rap said that that was my second most listened to band. It's a, it's wow. sort of like it's sort of like uh
1: um Mr. Mr. Meets the Smithereens
0: that's exactly what it's like, except it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it actually is like, and this is a great segue into concerts. It's sort of like Wolf Alice, but a oh, little okay. bit, but a little bit more hard rock. Um, nice, yeah. So okay. perfect segue into concerts because Brian and I both ended up at that Wolf Alice show the second time that they played in Columbus. Um, that was the second time I've seen them. But uh, for those not familiar with Wolf Alice, or if you heard the name but don't know much about them columbus loves them they they've played here quite a quite a number of times but they you
1: know they've they've played you know they were an opening act and on, on cold tour on harry Styles. so like they do have i probably even more of a draw in europe than they do over here so but yeah they, yeah i think they're they'll be around for a while
0: all right so before i ask you your favorite concerts um i put together my list and i think i had like, i think i saw almost 25 or 30 shows but what i'm gonna do is kind of go around. The round table here and talk briefly and just maybe not even talk much but um about the concerts that i've seen with each one of you so Hank, you and i saw wolf well, Fowles, but the one that i'll remember seeing with you was quicksand who this is the first time they've played in columbus since reuniting um they they reunited probably it's probably been almost 10 years but they put out a couple records in the last couple years and they always seem to skip ohio in general not only Columbus, and the fact that they were playing in Columbus at a small club absolutely blew my mind. That these guys, one of my favorite bands ever, was going to be playing in Columbus and playing in a small club, and it was.
1: And you um, interviewed I, Walter too, didn't you? At some point earlier, I did
0: this uh, last year. Last year, yeah, but it was, you know, like when you go see a band in the nineties. Those pre cell phones, and you just had your memory to remember. And I saw them a bunch in the 90s, but like I don't remember because I was drinking a lot back then and not taking pictures at shows. And um, I loved seeing them back in the 90s, but you know, don't have very many memories. So to see them now as an adult and who can take pictures and and actually remember stuff, um, God, they were so good. Uh, My friend Keith, who was invited to this but uh, has other obligations, said that he has never seen me at a concert like that. Uh, uh, (laughs) I I was pretty stoked.
1: I have a lot of video of you, Chip. Well, the Uh back of your head. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same thing. Like I've been, you know, to a lot of live shows with you, but you were really animated and into it, and that made me excited. And and that show was great. I mean, we were right down in front. They were. And they, you could tell they were just genuine and happy to be there and just having a good time. And um, it was it was quite a night.
0: What uh, you talked about, you saw Meatwave and Plosives. Um, what did you see anything else this year?
1: I did most of the, most of them with Matt. I actually saw Tool. So they're you know they're, they're they came oh, through yeah. in March. So I think it, what was crazy was I think we saw Tool and then we saw that Plosives Meatwave show like a few weeks later, and it was such a contrast, right? The <laughs> big arena show that. <gasps> the mind blowing, you know, visual display of tool. And then, you know, to be at rumba, you know, on a Wednesday night and to see that show was such a contrast, but (laughs) I loved it all. Like I think, you know, Matt said it, we we've just been all in on live shows. So anytime we can go. um, And so, yeah, I, those were, were high points for me along with quicksand.
0: Jason and I recently, most recently we stood outside when doors got delayed by over an hour for the Wasp show uh, on what was arguably before this past week, which was the coldest week, arguably the coldest day of the year was what two, like right around Thanksgiving time. I think is when that show was December ish, December 7th or something like that.
2: November
0: 30th. November 30th. Um, Yeah. The meet and greet went late. And so uh, everybody had to stand outside and it was miserable, but that was uh, the most recent show that you and I went to. Mm Mm-hmm. Did we go to any other shows? I'm sure we did.
2: Oh yeah, uh, Ministry.
0: Uh, oh, yeah.
2: in March. Uh, Ghost and Oh yeah. in February, and I didn't see you there, but we were both at Vets Aid.
0: Yes. Well, uh, what a about? Week four. <laughs> what about? What other shows did you see this year that were memorable?
2: Oh well, so. Even though I didn't think this was the best year for new albums, this was a great year for me to uh, check bands off my quote-unquote concert bucket list. Uh, patent pending. Um, so thanks to you, Chip, because you got me the ticket. I've, I've finally seen the Melvins. Um, they opened for ministry. They're like between Corrosion of Conformity and Ministry. That was an interesting lineup, but, but a great show. Um... <laughs> some hair metal uh i went to picktown palooza you did not go chad because or chip because you were on vacation um but uh, one of the bands that played there was la guns i'd seen them many times but i've never seen phil lewis and tracy guns together in the same band so i loved that uh i got a free ticket to oh, what's it called our state our radio station the blitz the summer smoke out or something it was Disturbed and Dirty Honey, but I went I, to see Dirty Honey because I like them. I, they're a new band I like and never seen them before. They were great. Vets Aid was great. I know this is blasphemy. This, is, this was the first time I'd ever seen Nine Inch Nails and that they were probably my favorite band of, of the year. Or, I'm sorry, my the favorite set. Um, they only got to play 45 minutes um, instead of like an hour and a half. Um I really need to see them again, because they they just it was awesome. It was like an atomic bomb went off at nationwide arena. And then lastly, like you said, chip, uh, wasp. That was actually the first time I had ever seen him. i I was supposed to have seen him at least two times before, both times the the concert got cancelled. So it was great seeing them, even though I know it's it's basically blackie the Blackie Lawless show now. Um, Other than that, I saw Overkill and I saw Iron Maiden. They're always great. Um, So, yeah, those were probably the best bands that I saw this year. Oh, the Bay Bay Area, Strikes Back or whatever. Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel on the same bill. That was a great show.
0: Yeah. Uh, Again, perfect segue because Lovins and I saw Dirty Honey open for Mammoth WVH yeah this year so we saw that together we saw Jason Bonham and his band do all Led Zeppelin songs which was amazing um and we saw what else do we see together oh Skid Row, we saw Warrant and Winger yes yeah, Skid Row Warrant and Winger
4: was that Mammoth and Dirty Honey show this year yeah yeah it was in January man that missed my list because i totally forgot that that was this year
0: it, uh, when I made my list, it missed my list too. And then I was going back, I was actually scrolling through my Instagram feed and I'm like, Oh wait, I posted those pictures in January. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, don't forget we,
1: we saw Duran Duran together at that festival down at, uh,
0: we did see Duran Duran. Yeah. I haven't gotten to my list yet.
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Well, then what else did you see this year?
4: Um, well, it's funny. So my list ended up starting in February, uh, with dream theater down in Cincinnati I love Dream Theater. Try and catch them as as often as I can. But um, honestly, so uh, the the Skid Row show made made my my list of some of my favorite shows. Sammy Hagar in the Circle, obviously um, the the Vets Aid show I thought was great. In fact, so for me the highlight of the show, honestly, were the Breeders. Uh, I thought they did a killer set. I loved seeing them do Gigantic with Dave Grohl. Uh, that was that was incredible. Um, obviously, Slaughter, Jason Bottom. Uh, just saw Trans Siberian Orchestra. I'm a huge Sabotage fan, so anytime I can see TSO, I, I, I love catching them. Um, but honestly, my favorite show of the year was Iron Maiden. Uh, I just I've only seen them twice, and I, I've loved them for years. But for whatever reason, the fates only have only allowed me to see them twice, and that's been 2019 and this year. And uh, both years they've been just like the highlight show
0: here we go with the segues right so Jason's friend Chad texted me and had an Iron Maiden ticket that he couldn't use and wanted to know if I wanted to use it and while I like Iron Maiden I don't love Iron Maiden and I, while I know that I might not have a chance to ever see them again I don't know that I was that upset to miss them but I also had concert tickets a guest list spot that night that Matt and I went to go see We Were Promised Jetpacks at Scully's, which was also another band that I saw twice this year. They played a free show at the Arts Festival, um, and I'll talk about them in a second. But Matt, you and I saw We Were Promised Jetpacks, and we saw Scab most recently. Now you talk about going from big shows to small shows. Uh, this band from New York, Scab, uh, young band, um, second record they were playing on i don't even know i can't remember what night of the week it was it might have been a i don't know it was a tuesday it was a monday or tuesday night it was a monday night because i remember telling him that i never go out on monday nights but i would make an exception um and they played in front of 20 people at cafe bourbon street which is smaller than rumba cafe it's probably the size of this room that i'm in right now so um Mm. so matt tell me about other shows that you saw this year that you enjoyed
3: it's funny that you brought up the um we Were Promised Jetpacks, that definitely made my list. That was one of those shows where you just kind of said, hey, I'm on the guest list. Do you want to go? Once again, I said yes. Um, they were amazing. They were so much fun. Um, their old stuff is – it's 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 good on the album, but, man, live, it's got so much energy. Their new album is, is fantastic. That's one of my favorite albums this year, too. I meant to mention that. Um, but definitely that one. And I saw a lot of bands – I saw a lot of bands that were like comfort food to me. Um, I saw the Lemonheads um, and they played and I have not seen, I'd never saw, I'd, I'd never got a chance to see the Lemonheads when they were, you know, in their heyday. And I know that Evan Dando went through a stage where when he did do the Lemonheads, he was really there, but not really there. Cause I think he had some issues, but he came, they came and they showed up and they literally played every song. Like I, I I'm sure they didn't, but I think every single person left that concert thinking they played the song I wanted to hear. And it was, it was fantastic. Like it felt so fan service to us. Um, saw dinosaur junior. Um, saw built to spill. Um, but the band that surprised me the most, I went to go see a, a Newport show. I wanted to go see cloud. Nothing's, which is a Cleveland band. I love cloud. Nothing's. And they were opening for this band that I had never heard of before. And chip said, you might like a Matt and the band's called pup. And their live concert, it is like this giant group of two to 3000 people all singing along, all loving the music. It's high energy. It's super fun. Um, That's one of the most positive concert experiences I've been to in a long time. Like a lot of movement, they had a great pit, but it was, it was a safe pit and like the music was great. Um, But I would say that was probably my biggest surprise Like oh, show. I didn't expect much. And it, I mean, they've been in my rotation since, like, just from that experience. The, but I will say, the, m- one of the most bizarre shows I went with—not bizarre—it was it was an odd experience. And I think Love and You were there too when we went to see uh, Princess Goes to the Butterfly Museum, yeah. which is the main actor for Dexter, and it was just surreal, like watching him in a completely different situation. And they were good. I mean, they were. They were a good band. It was just so surreal the whole time
0: I watching about Dexter that one. up
3: there.
4: Where was that show at? What was that was at Scully's. It was I just to remember I oh sorry, I was just gonna say I just remember I started getting ill. I don't know if it was the the smoke or whatever, but I ended up having to, to leave early, so I didn't get to, to catch the whole thing. Uh and my umbrella's still in Chip's car. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um but Yeah, that was interesting. Interesting is the best word that I can come up with. It wasn't 100% my bag, but... uh, (laughs) Mm -mm. But it was interesting. (laughs) It was interesting.
0: That's another band that I hung out afterwards. Matt and I hung around trying to get autographs. And we we did get a couple autographs. Uh, Michael Mm -hmm. C. Hall, who plays Dexter, did not come out and meet the crowd, but because I had interviewed them before, the drummer Pete. I gave him my record, and he said, do you want me to get Michael to sign it? And I was like, yeah. So he took it backstage, and so... Everyone else who got the record signed that night, no one else has all three signatures but me. (laughs) Christina, you and I did not go to any shows together because you're in Scottsdale or or, Scottsdale, right? Yep. Um, I'm in Scottsdale. So what shows did you see this year without me?
5: I did nothing compared to you guys. The pandemic really slowed me down because it's either stuff got canceled or I didn't trust flying out because of how the airlines are. So Hmm. I only went to two shows, which is really not like me. Um, so I saw Jack White uh, front and center, which was amazing. It felt like he was playing in my living room, which was super cool. And Duran Duran, which was probably one of the most fun concerts I've been to. I mean, they are still solid. And it was great.
0: So we can still segue and tie everything together because i saw duran duran this year for the second time i saw them probably 15 years ago but um you know the the record that came out last year i loved and i was really looking forward they played a show in columbus as part of a three-day festival and um, everybody in this room knows but to the listeners i am cheap and i want to be as close as possible to the stage which doesn't always work out in the same sentence right you can't you can't get really good seats for an arena a band like duran duran and be and not spend hundreds of dollars but because this was a festival um i was able to get really close and you know we paid whatever the festival fee was and got to see other bands so it was totally worth it it was general admission which made it like i didn't have to sit in the nosebleeds for the money i spent so that was and and you know i think they played a a festival set which was probably a little abbreviated it wasn't but but it was it was awesome i am going to go really fast. Cause like I said, I saw, I, so I made up for the last time. I made up for the pandemic and not seeing shows. And I went to a bunch of stuff. Jason helped hook me up with a free ghost ticket. Uh, this was the first time that I've seen ghosts that I actually got it. I've always wanted them to be a little bit heavier or there was something not I, I, I always wanted. I've seen them a couple other times and I just wanted something a little bit more out of them sitting in the back of the arena and not being not concentrating on how they look, but more of their sound. Their new record is a, is a definitely like a big eighties arena rock sounding record? Like it's not. And, and that show made me a fan like instantly. Um, ministry slaughter. I saw the Fontaine's DC because I had friends recommend to see them. I didn't know much about them. I listened to them. Uh, my friend that I was with, Keith, was like, let's pretend like we're 25. Let's get as close as we can. And so it was a pretty packed venue, is at the Newport Music Hall. And we pushed our way up amongst all the kids. And, um, you know, I definitely felt it in my bones the next day, but it was great. But the band that opened was my biggest live surprise because I didn't know much about them. They were called Just Mustard, which is a terrible name. I think they're from. England or Ireland or Scotland or somewhere. They kinda sound like my bloody Valentine meets um the Cocteau Twins kind of stuff. It's just a female vocalist. It's really shoegazy, drony. They were like almost zero stage presence, but I'm glad like that fit their music. Like it was just you were there to hear their music and not necessarily watch them perform for you. And it was they just like I remember telling Keith, like, I can leave. Like, I don't even need to see the Fontaines DC. Like these guys were so good. Like I I feel like I got my money's worth. I saw the Mysteries. I saw this the, the Sleaford Mods, who are these two British uh God, I don't know what we call them. They're not hip hop guys. They're two working class British guys who are angry at the world. Now uh, one guy sort of spits and angrily. He's sort of like the angry guy who talks to himself on the bus. That's what the singer's like. He just kind of spits out these lyrics about you know, you wankers every song has you wankers as part of the lyrics and the other guy all the music comes off of his computer and so he just triggers stuff and then he almost does like these aerobics throughout the whole show he's always bouncing up and down and jogging in place it's it, you know for two guys on a stage it was fascinating to watch it was fun um skid row warrant winger like mike mentioned like i uh Going back to the cheap thing, that show I was like, I will pay money. And so we ended up in like the third row, and it was like eighty bucks or whatever, but totally worth it. Uh, you was, know, that's, was,
1: I may have asked you this: was Winger original lineup or were there different guys? Um, there?
0: So Reb Beach was, I think, may have been touring with White Snake, or he was not at the show.
4: I think so, he was with White Snake.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they had a fill-in guitar player, but other than other than that, it was original. I actually found out that fill-in guitar player has played with David Lee Roth too. Just as a side note, all right teenage wrist did you go to that one matt
3: no i was supposed to
0: teenage wrist um they have a very 90s alternative radio sound uh i saw them at ace of cups they were great princess goes to the butterfly museum i saw um i saw greta van fleet i got general admission tickets on the floor i got as close as i could i was the only person on the floor wearing a mask everybody else was young enough to be my kid It was sort of (laughs) weird but Greta Van Fleet, you know, say what you say, what you will about them, but man, they put on a show and the kids, it wasn't a t-shirt and jeans crowd. It was a, I'm dressing up to go to a concert and I want to look like I'm from 1975. The fashion was amazing. Like it was, it was cool to see people put that kind of thought into a show. Whereas I was wearing a black t-shirt and jeans, (laughs) you know, and and, and like, I was just amazed at like the kids. It might be more for their TikTok and Instagram accounts than it was to for the music, but it was it was an awesome experience. Saw Goodbye June twice. uh, Jimmy World, who in the past has, I haven't loved the last couple Jimmy World records. They kind of went back to understanding what the audience wanted, and so they play like their greatest hits, and it was amazing. I got to see the Afghan Wigs, which was awesome. Uh, mm. Super excited to see them. And on top of that, Christopher Thorne from Blind Melon is now a guitar player, a member of the Afghan Wigs, and he produced the record. And so I got to hang out with Christopher before the show. So that was just all in all a great experience. I saw that one in Cincinnati. I saw The Who. I paid 25 Mm bucks through the live nation special and got to, got to go see the who my seat was upper deck. And when I got there, they said the upper deck part where you're sitting is closed. So we're going to give you a ticket. And I got to move down to like the sides side of the stage about 15 rows back. So I ended up in like in a $200 seat for 25 bucks, which was amazing (laughs) First time I've ever seen the who, uh, I don't necessarily love them, but it was a great experience for 25 bucks. Um, I already mentioned Quicksand, you guys mentioned the Vet Aid Show with Joe Walsh, James Gang, Nine Inch Nails, Black Keys, and the Breeders was a, just an amazing show. And then I saw I saw this band called Might uh, with an M. And Might Mare is the side project of uh Sarah Shook and the Disarmor. Sarah Shook is sort of an Americana type act. Might Mare is their is their pandemic indie rock. 90s sounding product that is not americana sounding the record is like 35 minutes they played 38 minutes they have a new song that was sort of a jam that they played there was very little interaction with the audience it was just like like a 40 minute total set it was just it made me think that it was 1994 uh it was just you know a pretty 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 decent crowd for a weeknight but um and then i saw uh, Lovin's with that, this show. Last week, the Royal Crescent Mob mm-hmm. reunited for the first show since, I think they said New Year's Eve 1993 going into 1994. This reunion was um, probably on a little bit more of a sad note. Uh, the drummer Carlton is got some sort of cancer that I believe is incurable. I've said that on another podcast mm-hmm. and I hope I'm not wrong, but um, I think this was a good chance to raise some money for cancer awareness and a good chance for these guys to kind of get back together. They haven't, they were a staple of the Ohio state music scene in like the late eighties, early nineties. They were the Midwest version of the red hot chili peppers with less punk and more R and P, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, they covered love rollercoaster that the chili peppers then made famous a couple of years later. And they, they, they broke up. I don't remember exactly why they broke up. I think, for whatever reason and they're one of those bands who they did they
1: were were signed right they were on rca
0: they were on sire sire records yeah they haven't played together since 94 and so it was i think i was probably in college a little bit late for when they were really popular because i described it to a friend as like i felt like i was going to one of those i don't know if you guys have ever been in one of those like all class reunions i felt like i was I felt like the most of the people at that show were like a, just a couple years older yeah. than me and had been like really huge RC mob fans. I'd only seen them twice, I think. Uh, but I reckon it was, it, it was like going to a reunion though. Cause I saw so many faces of people I recognized from shows mm. in like 1993. I'm like, I know like that was the bartender at stashes and that guy used to go to all these shows I went to. I don't know any of their names, but recognizable faces. So it was a, it was a pretty cool homecoming type, type thing all right that was pretty exhausting to talk about 2022 concerts and albums so i guess we can sort of close it out um 2023 is anything that you've got concert tickets for any albums that you know that are coming out that you can't wait to hear uh anything about 2023 that you want to talk about looking forward i'm just going to throw this one if you got if you got something
4: i can i can start this one um we're supposed to get a new mammoth wvh album i think in in 23 so very excited about about that but i did buy tickets for the motley crew def leppard alice cooper show at the shoe um chip i may have told you this story or whatever. but when i uh saw them in uh I, I guess well whatever whenever my 40th birthday was six seven years ago something like that um I vowed that that was going to be the last time that I that I saw them. That was their end of the road show or whatever. Um, and uh, after this arena, the, the, the arena shows, and it was sounding pretty positive. I'm kind of curious what they're going to sound like with with John Five on guitar, and with them coming right to our own backyard. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to see them. Um, but something I wanted to mention about that real quick is: so my son is 19. And totally infatuated with his girlfriend. And she got into has gotten into vinyl and classic rock. Like, I got her for Christmas. I got her Dr. Feelgood on vinyl because, like, that was the one album she wanted the, the most. And he's taking her to this show, too. We have completely separate tickets or whatever. It was a coincidence that we're all going to that, that same show. But um, so really looking forward to that show. And just the fact that um, some festivals are coming back.
2: I can segue into that because, based on rumor, uh, incarceration in Mansfield sounds like it's going to have a pretty heavy lineup. Uh, they've already said Pantera is playing, which I know it's not <clears throat> really Pantera, but hey, it's I I haven't seen them since 1997, so it'll be it'll be cool to see them. Um, I don't have any tickets to any concerts for 2023 yet. Uh, The only ones I'm really thinking of going to are uh, Morbid Angel. They're a death metal band and they're playing the King of Clubs, which is like the new Alrosa Villa here. Um, I would like to see some more spoken word stuff. So Lovins and I saw Bruce Dickinson, singer of Iron Maiden. That was in January of this year. So was 2022. I I thought it was awesome. Like Henry Rollins is the one everyone talks about the spoken word. I've never seen Henry Rollins. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a a new experience for me hearing Bruce Dickinson talk for, uh, I think it was like two hours instead of singing. Um, I would like to see more artists, um, tell stories on the stage instead of singing. um, And other than that, just you know, the the kind of ones that are here every year, like Picktown Palooza, I'm like chip. I'm very cheap. Ten (laughs) dollars to see three nights of of music um is is pretty cool. This this year they had a really good lineup if you're in into the hair metal. Uh Sonic Temple's coming back. I I don't know. The the rumors I'm hearing for the the bands playing doesn't really float my boat, Mm -hmm. but Who knows? Maybe I'll get a one-day pass once they put the the lineup out. So,
0: any any new albums that you're aware of that are coming that you're looking forward to? Uh,
2: I mean, I guess I haven't been a huge fan in thirty years, but I the you know Metallica has an album coming out in April, I think. The single it's not bad, but I'll check them out. So I
4: think we're getting a new Avenged Sevenfold album.
2: We too. we are, yeah, because they're you saw they they're headlining one of the nights at Welcome to Rockville. So Sonic Temple being one week later, I'm pretty sure Avenged Seven Fool's gonna be a headliner there too. So yeah, they they have an album coming out. But no, I can't uh, I guess I, I still like the old old school death metal obituary has an album coming out in February, I think. I've heard two songs off it. It's it's actually really good. That's about all I can think of.
0: Christina
5: I have three shows So I'm already reading this year's (laughs) record Um, Depeche Mode Will be what I'm flying out to San Jose For so I'm really excited I'm intrigued to hear what the Record's going to sound like since they just lost A band member and I They always put on a great show so I know that's Going to be solid I have Tickets to Muse that are coming to Phoenix Mm. they're pretty amazing To see live so I always want to see what their Stage antics are going to be And I am going to the first night of Metallica because I would rather see Pantera and Mammoth open. So I choose that night. So I'm excited to see that too. I think that single sounds pretty promising. So we'll see if the album's pretty good. And then maybe Nine Inch Nails can tour again. I I feel like I need another show in my veins.
3: (laughs) I have, or actually Brian and I both have tickets it's a small show, but it's a band called Microwave that we saw play in 21. Um, they're so much fun and loud and noisy and great show. We're seeing them, I think, in March. I believe there's a band that I love, too, out of Canada called The Dirty Nil, and I believe they're coming out with a new album as well. I feel like they've they've been dropping a few singles, and I think they're coming out, which I think they'll eventually headline a tour and do some small clubs um and there's a band that brian and i also like i keep saying brian because we listen to a lot of same music but um there's a band that we both like it's called pine grove and we both kind of like started listening to them and we like oh we got to go see them play and they literally played the month before so i'm assuming and then like everything that happened and that they're going to come back through cycle so i'm really hoping that they come back through because that's a band that i have not seen that i would love to see live so
1: yeah i'm with you there
3: That's more hope. Yeah,
1: I feel like there's going to be a lot of tours that kind of come back through because they Mm -hmm. either had to cancel dates or you know the just the timing of tours and the way the you know the pandemic and or the end of the pandemic were. So that's what I'm. I got to be better about checking out all the all the you know the the calendars and stuff like that because like that the band I mentioned earlier, the Beths, they came through, you know, late summer and I totally missed them. And I was like, how did I miss that? You know, Mm or in mama too. So it's like those, those bands that I'm listening to and I'm missing their shows are coming through. And so, um, but I just noticed like Bruce Springsteen's coming through in March. I don't, I've never seen him. I don't know that that's something I want to see, but I feel like time's running out. If I, if I'm on the fence, (laughs) maybe I need to go. I mean, he looks pretty good, but you never know.
4: I feel like that's a pricey one.
1: Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That it, that, you know. I said the same thing about Tom Petty. He tours enough. I'll go see him next time he comes around. Oh. And then I, I never, they could to see Tom Petty, so I would not uh, fault you for spending some money to see Bruce Springsteen.
1: And his band, you know, the e Street band, obviously is part of that show. And you know, those guys aren't obviously aren't getting any younger either. But I don't know, March that that show might already be sold out for all I know. March is,
0: I think, it's part of that whole. The, what are the, the dynamic pricing or whatever they call it? So I think that if you were to look up today, tickets are probably 800 bucks, but maybe wow. they might go down closer to the show. Jeez Louise. I don't know. I was
5: going to say don't spend the 5,000 that they were originally charging. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Wow.
1: Well, I yeah. will say too, there's a show in February, uh, the 11th, that's going to be pretty huge. Uh, it's a Van Haken show at the place bar Uh, We're playing to sort of celebrate my wife's birthday, which is amazing because she doesn't even like Van Halen. She just likes when we play because it's like a party. So come come and check us out Saturday night, the 11th.
0: Nice. I don't think I have any tickets yet. I think I've got my eyes on a few things. Um, uh, I'll probably go see Morgan Wade, who was my surprise of 2021. Uh, Americana, heavily tattooed not really style of music similar to goose like i'm i'm like i i would not have expected that i like her music but it was really probably my first or second favorite record of 2021 um she's playing at the newport she was supposed to play in R bar and it got moved to the newport every date she's playing is sold out uh so i'll probably go see that one in february um i know i've got my eyes on a couple of things uh all those festivals that are coming around you know I'll, I'll keep my eyes on and see if i can get cheap tickets the Wonderbus festival we saw duran duran last year um you know we'll see what they announce for their lineup you know that last year was the only duran duran's the only time i've been to any of the Wonderbus shows because they haven't had strong enough lineups but i'm keeping my fingers crossed um couple new records that i'm really looking forward to another another person uh who topped my 2020 and 2021 spotify rap list um a guy named rustin kelly uh rustin kelly is an americana guy uh when i listen to him some of you know about my obsession with a man called the damn wells and he's sort of almost like a country americana version of the damn wells it's you know he he definitely grew up listening to and I have interviewed him and he d- he does covers of Dashboard Confessional. He does a cover of Teenage Dirtbag. He does a cover of Taylor Swift. He put out a covers album, but he's really like an original songwriter. His two albums are great. They're just Americana stuff. I know that he just posted that third album, I think is done and mixed and he just sent it off and he has a date opening for somebody in September. So hopefully you're going to see that show. Uh, Louise Post from Veruca Salt has i think finished her solo record so i'm very hopeful that that comes out in 2023 um breaking news as i mentioned earlier roger stevens from blind melon has been working on a solo record and i've got six or seven songs in my inbox right now which i'm super excited i did listen to a couple of them earlier before this and uh, i texted him and said that the 2022 roger stevens songs sound like they were made by the 1991 long-haired flannel wearing roger stevens definitely like Neil Young influenced a little bit Americana influenced that kind of stuff. So, um, he is, he is a lawyer now. So I think this is a COVID project that he has his own studio and his record stuff at home. I've been listening to you and I interviewed uh, Alan Epley from Shiner. He's got a solo record coming out. That sounds very Shiner ish. I'm interviewing. We are science. We, we are, we are scientists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, their new record comes out in February. It's really good. I think I'm interviewing the Church, who has a new record coming out. The Church is a band that my my college roommates liked the Church a lot when I was listening to hair metal, and then as I was transitioning from hair metal into Soundgarden and Nirvana and grunge, they listened to the Church to the point like I I, it was like a like they did it to annoy me, um, because it was so unlike. But you know, as I've grown older and I appreciate more music, the new Church record sounds great. Um, I almost hear like. I don't even want to say it out loud, but it's almost like a little Pink Floyd-ish. Not really, not really psychedelic like Pink Floyd. I but-
3: loves Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
0: So yeah, you know, because I interview bands, I get a lot of stuff in advance. And so I got, my inbox is full of new stuff. So there's always something exciting to listen to. I've already got my first four or five interviews done for 2023. I don't even remember what's who they're your, with.
1: What's your interest level in that Death Cab uh, Postal Service show that they just announced and i don't think they're even coming through ohio but
0: uh i have no interest no, <laughs> that
1: would be
3: low i
0: wasn't sure where death Cab fit in here <laughs> was i wasn't fantastic. sure where they
1: fit in here because you know you, you mentioned um uh, jimmy Eat world so i wasn't sure where you it
0: was. know it's funny i interviewed death Cab for cutie in the basement at bernie's and they were the most polite guys of any band i think i've ever interviewed they were just so polite and it was early in their career, but I mean, they were making a name for themselves and they opened for, they played with, I think on a bill with Tiara. And my memory Mm -hmm. is that they told Tiara, like they, they played first. They were like, this is your crowd. They're not here to see us. So we'll we'll go on first. Um, Just showing how nice of guys they are. But yeah, you know, I I don't dislike them. I just haven't kept up with them. They're a band that I've completely have fallen off my radar. Um, But like I said, I interviewed Alan Napoli from Shiner. I interviewed John Schmersel from Brainiac. Um, I interviewed Dave Roundtree from, he's Blur's drummer. He's putting out a solo record in February. Uh, And then I interviewed a band called Rose's Pawn Shop. Their record was supposed to come out at the end of 2022, but it got pushed back to 2023. Um, So yeah, I'm guessing the 64 interviews that I did this year perhaps will be surpassed. (laughs) 2023, we'll see. I don't know.
1: Well, Chip, I got a request for you because yes. um, I know I've, I've talked to you about this band and um, if they ever come through town, I feel like they have a new record coming out because they keep releasing stuff on Spotify, but all them witches, if oh, you yeah. ever they, get a whiff of them coming through Ohio I would love to see them. I feel like they would be a great show. They, like
0: they tease something that's coming out this week, right? Like a new song or something.
1: They, they've been teasing all kinds of stuff on Instagram. There's like little riffs and stuff, but they're just an interesting band to me. They're not, I don't know that there's somebody that I would love, but I, am just always curious about them because they're just doing interesting.
0: They, yeah, they're, they, you and I talked about this mm-hmm. outside of this podcast, but they, they put out an album a couple years ago that I reviewed that I love. And there was a song that was like, like, if you took a Slayer riff, but you slowed it way down, like it's sort of got like a heaviness, but it's more like almost, almost like if black Sabbath covered Slayer, but While smoking a lot of pot or something. I don't know. It's definitely
1: like (laughs) late. It's it's dark, late night music, you know, like where just a few guys that are still up. It's like two in the morning. It's that kind of music. And I, I,
0: so as we wrap this up, I know some of you have some things that I'd love to give you the chance to plug. So um, since people can't see you, raise your hand if you want to plug (laughs) something and I'll call on you. Christina, you can go first.
5: Yeah, I have my podcast called Pop Periscope, which you can find on any platform. I've been doing it for about five years now.
0: And tell us what the concept is.
5: The concept's all pop culture. A lot of times we talk about music, but we'll throw in movies. We've been doing holiday things lately. Um, We're going to talk about my friend's disastrous and awesome Disney World trip that she just had. It's going to be the next podcast we do. So we kind of just do it about... Anything fun in pop culture.
0: Awesome. I'm looking at you, Lovent. Okay.
4: Uh yeah. So um well, like uh like Matt and Brian, they have they love music and sports. For me it's music and movies. Uh so I have my band Bava Choco, so you can find us out there. Um and uh but I also have a movie review podcast, The Real Gay Movie Show. Uh, but it's R E E L. Um, and you know, we just we talk about the the big release each week. And yeah, I think we're going on four or five years now with that too. So uh they, they say if you can get past like the first six months of a podcast, you might just make it. So uh, <laughs>
0: so, so real quick, best movie you saw in twenty twenty two. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, it's so good. So I need to good. see that. That's my um, number
4: one movie for the year. I mean, you, right, you gonna... it, you'd think it would be Top Gun: Maverick because I was such—I so, love <laughs> Top Gun <laughs> so much. But just the originality of of that movie is just mesmerizing.
0: Yeah. I think those it's are so the, damn good. I think those are the only two I saw in a theater this year. And, okay, <laughs> and that everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, in Columbus, it got really hot this summer, and the city council ended up like basically renting out the movie theater and letting people come see movies for free to cool down. I took the day off work. I'm like, I'm going to go see a free movie. And I was in line and I didn't know what I was going to see. And I thought about the Jurassic, whatever the Jurassic movie oh, was, yeah. Jurassic World or whatever. Yeah.
2: Dominion or something. Dominion. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And because it was all free, like all of these like daycares, like these people were walking in with like 15 kids in a line behind them. And I knew that that's what they're going to see. So I'm like, give me a ticket to that that weird artsy movie that everything with the title that I can't remember – And I'll tell you, like, the first 10 minutes of that movie, I'm like, I think I'm in the wrong theater. Like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And then after about 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want this movie to end. And you think in that movie it's going to end three or four times, and it doesn't. Mm. And you're like, yes, I get another 10 minutes. Yes, I get another 10. (laughs) Amazing movie. Highly recommended. Agreed. Jason, you're not doing any podcasting or anything these days, are you? You got nothing to plug.
2: Nothing to plug.
0: So uh, that'll leave it up to you two guys
3: i mean um, I'll, I'll, pl- I'll plug it plug i'll it. plug it yeah i'll plug it we we are in a podcast it's called sports wednesday it's uh our tagline is it's sports for the medium fan um we get this we get the stories correct but the details usually wrong cuz yeah. we're uh we're three idiots that like sports but the details get lost but it's we usually don't talk about sports we usually talk about Lots of other things like snacks and chocolates and candy bars and movies and it's it's really three guys that get to hang out once a week and and talk and we use the podcast as our uh, as our platform and it's a lot of fun. And Brian plays live music, which sets us apart from any other spot, uh, any other, and it's amazing. Like literally, just come for that. And if <laughs> anything else, if anything else is funny or good, that's it. But come for Brian playing live music on a podcast. Because That's why we're there. It's amazing
1: we it, we try to keep it short, but it never <laughs>
3: we never do. We're always like this is
1: gonna be a short, tight episode. keep it under half hour and then it's always an hour yep. sort of
0: like sort of like this episode yes a- anything else you you plugged your birthday show or your wife's birthday show? you plugged the podcast, anything else you're working on musically
1: not really not nothing to announce just yet, so.
0: Very good. So I will plug my own stuff. Uh, so I hope in 2023, so chip chats kind of sprung out of the idea that I was interviewing a lot of bands for big com, and that sometimes the conversations while great to read were even better to listen to because of the, just the, 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 the tone that the people were speaking in. And um, so I am going to do my best to release more episodes in 2023 rather than sporadically the way I've been doing it. I can also, be found at bigtakeover.com. I have a part-time gig on the dig me out podcast where I interview artists who put out music in the nineties and learn all about the nineties and kind of what they're up to today. And I think that is it for my plugs. So anybody else have any closing words?
4: Thanks for having us, Chip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Been been and thanks for talking to everybody
0: yeah thanks for everybody for listening again you know these podcasts are usually interviews with artists and this is breaking that a little bit but uh because each of you have had hour-long conversations hours long conversations (laughs) about music (laughs) in 2022 i thought it'd be cool to have all of you and let everybody else feel like they have a seat at this table too so thank you all for tuning in and until next time take it easy